Hey, girlfriends, welcome to another episode of Girlfriends and Goals. We're your hosts, Miosha and Samaria. This podcast is a space where we'll talk about friendships, life goals, a little bit of pop culture, and all things womanhood. On today's episode, we're discussing how to move on at the end of a romantic relationship. I cannot believe in 92 episodes on navigating like womanhood. We haven't yeah. talked about this before, but we are here. And so we definitely have a good episode in store for you guys today. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you are giving us a five-star rating and consider writing a review. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, please make sure you subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. Also share your thoughts in the comments. Yes. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and get it started. I'll start with this. Mm-hmm. So I heard either Tia or Tamara. I want to say Tamara because she was on the reel, so we would have heard her talk about stuff like this more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I heard her saying that you know she and her friends have this rule where they'd allow the person to cry for one week, you know, get all your emotions out, and then after that one week, they had to figure out moving forward. And so, yeah, so what do you think of this rule, but also how long do you think it should take to get through a breakup? I wonder if that one week idea is around like, okay, girl, we've heard about it. It's been a week. (laughs) You might need to deal with what you need to deal with, but you can't just keep hitting us up talking about this breakup. I doubt it, but. I don't know. I That is something I think would think about if I was going through a breakup. I wouldn't want to just keep rehashing the same thing over and over for the next five months with my friends. Mm, but okay. either way, uh, I don't know that you could put a specific amount of time. And I feel one week is pretty short unless you were only together for a month. And even then, was it a tumultuous month? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is this the time frame seems small. That's my yeah. first reaction. A week, say you dated for six months, mm-hmm. you're not probably going to be quote unquote over it in a week, unless you had already checked out. That's another thing. Were you already kind of headed out? And so you were able to process a bit? I don't know. What's your thoughts on the time period? Oh, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's way too short. <laughs> but that's as someone, you know, I love to dissect every feeling Mm. so if you put me on a one week like timer I am sorry but I have already failed you because there's there's no way I need to talk about the emotions as they come up and because I'm like this I also make space for my friends to do this Mm -hmm. like but we can talk about it however long you need to my advice might change between Mm -hmm. you know like month one and month eight you know for example I won't be giving you the same advice I won't be uh, maybe like at month eight I won't be coddling you maybe the way that I was in the first month Mm -hmm. I would be trying to be okay let's let's be strategic here and figure out what we need to do so that we can move past this phase but yeah one week it's just not gonna cut it for (laughs) for me 
And I think it depends on maybe the type of relationship, how long, yeah. what went on. What was stage? There a, yeah. Were you like super close friends and then for years and then you dated for three months? Okay. Well, you maybe can't just count the three months if you were friends for a while. Friendship. Yeah. You know, it's an entire friendship that you're losing. So yeah. I don't know, a week is too short as far as the amount of time. I would think if I were to put a minimum on it, mm-hmm. 30 days. Okay, 30 day minimum. <laughs> yeah, 30 day minimum where okay. even if a friend came to me and was like, oh, I'm over it. That's around 30 days where I'm like, okay, they could be making progress. <laughs> <laughs> they probably are making progress. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I would put a minimum of 90 days. Really? Yeah, I feel like okay. 90 days is like a good time to have experienced almost all of the emotions that come with it. The, okay, I'm over this person or you weren't the person for me anyway. You mm-hmm. know, like you go through the anger, you go through the, oh, could I have done something differently? I think 90 days is a nice, good number. Now, do you think it depends on, I guess, in general, how well you get over stuff? Because I oh, think yeah. some people, I don't know, they have this ability to just easily move on, yeah, uh, not, you know, wallow in their emotions as it's long. Uh, I don't know. I, it's like, are you a person that holds on to stuff? And then also, if they did something crazy to you to cause the breakup, like, does that impact how well you're able to maybe, quote unquote, move forward? So 90 days, just so it's clear, is my minimum just like it's your 30 days. Mm -hmm. So that's my minimum. I would give someone that time. If I had to go a maximum, (laughs) I'm giving about 18 months to two years, depending on what it was. Because I think the way that I see life in general Mm -hmm. is you might get over something and then something might remind you of it that takes you to that place, you know, and relationships are things that are grieved. So that's why I would say about 18 months to two years um, for like a full recovery to, to be like going through your day and not even considering thinking about Mm -hmm. remembering like that person. Um, Yeah. Hmm. That, that would be my max. And if you're maxing this out, at the two years, I would have expected you to stop talking about it probably before then. Yeah. Yeah. I think as a friend or a support person, I think it is okay maybe to reach your max. It just depends on how they're handling it. Absolutely. It's like in the beginning, it's like, oh yeah, girl, okay. We can be up late at night. I get, you need to work through it. But after a year, quick, quick conversations. (laughs) we both go be tired because <laughs> it's just me reminding you like okay you know so we have discussed this and remember we said xyz the last time we talked about it not in a mm-hmm. rude way but I think in the late stages maybe you just need reminders that this was the best thing that could have happened to you and mm-hmm. so as a support person that's really all I think that I'm doing at that point I want to add to I think my feelings are different Mm-hmm. If it's a relationship, dating, uh, engagement versus marriage, 
versus marriage with children. So I just want to mm. throw that out there. We're talking in general statements, but right. I think we're talking about dating relationships specifically. I think marriage with kids, that adds a different complication to mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So a lot of times people wonder, what can I do to get through this? You just want it to be over the heartbreak. (laughs) (laughs) And we could talk about that. But first, let's talk about what we probably shouldn't be doing. Okay. Uh, Do you want to go one at a time so that I'm not just like listing stuff out? Yeah. Okay. First and foremost is uh, check their social media. Okay. There's just no need to be up to date about what they're um, doing. It'll only drive you crazy because they're either pretending like they're moving on and happy and successful and all of that, or they actually are. (laughs) And you just don't need to expose yourself to them anymore. Now that it's over, limit the, I think you have to limit the exposure. So what not to do would be checking up on their social media. I'm going to take it a step further and I'm going to say cut all communication with the person Mm -hmm. and not from a place of maybe being angry or upset, but with the goal of moving forward, I would seize all communication unless it's a life death emergency, something really crazy has happened. Mm -hmm. Also with people who are close to them, I would cut all communication just because at that stage is like, what how could this realistically help? It just kind of will prolong the process and keep you in the space of thinking of them. Uh, I understand processing your emotions, but I just don't think communication with them, unless it's just like a final conversation, hopefully that's already been had. Once you've had that final conversation, unless it's an emergency, I'm talking, they can't call anyone else. Mm -hmm. Then maybe- you talk to them about that specific thing. But as far as the relationship, what they have going on, I just don't think it's a good idea to be in casual communication with someone that you just broke up with. That's not uh, your friend. Because it puts you in this weird space of a new normal that's not actually going to be normal. Listen, again, that's not your friend. And and their friends are not your friends either and I think that's a hard like truth to swallow because you know how um sometimes you have your friends that you both hang around and all mm-hmm. of that stuff but maybe one person knew them sooner I, I I I don't think they're your friends so yeah also it's related uh their family because sometimes family, especially if you've gotten along well with their family, mm-hmm. they can still be reaching out and be like, oh, I don't agree with it. You were just the best, yeah. you know, future daughter-in-law. Okay. But I'm not going to be. Yeah. You don't need a reminder of them through their family mm-hmm. telling you how great of a girlfriend or boyfriend you were. Why? <laughs> that just kind of keeps you in a space of hope. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they may be singing your praises and you're like, oh, I feel good about myself. You should regardless. But even yeah. the family too, friends, family, social media, all of it. Contact. Okay. So that's it. So what not to do would be communicating with them, their cousins, their mama, their best friend, their associates. The godchildren, all of them. 
And I will say, I, I do think it would be helpful to communicate to them why. I'm not saying mm. you should uh, just like block them all, stop answering. It, I think it's okay to say, okay, like the space I'm in, it just doesn't make sense to communicate in the way that we were before, just so they don't feel like they've done something. You don't have to tell them all of your business, mm-hmm. but- just like, oh, you know, we're not together anymore while I'm processing this. It's probably not for the best that we're talking. Leave it at that. That's interesting. What what else do you feel like you absolutely should not under any <laughs> under any circumstances do in the event of a breakup? Go back to them. <laughs> jump and jump into a space of half together, half not. Yeah. You laugh, but you'd be it's surprised true. how many people get caught up yeah. in a friends with benefits situation after the fact. Wow. Or you're kind of talking after the fact because the pressure of being in the relationship is no longer there per mm-hmm. se. Um, but it's a way to kind of have contact, have them a part of your life, but yeah. then not have the pressures of a relationship. So yeah, mm-hmm. don't find your way into a half in halfway in halfway out situation because you hear about people like oh yeah we broke up but kind of slid back in no girl Mm -hmm. don't (laughs) don't do it let it rest oh one more thing Mm -hmm. it goes in line with what you said about you know not reaching out to or communicating with people but don't confide in people who are mutual friends so I I personally feel like the friends of your ex-significant other aren't your friends. And I think it can be a messy situation where information is going back and forth. Mm. And I think that can create a sticky situation. So even if you are having that conversation with, oh yeah, we're not together anymore. And I don't know how much I want to talk to you. Just don't confide in them. Find a person outside of y'all's circle to confide in because yeah. I, I think it, it just gets messy and information travels. Yeah. And unless it's probably someone in your close circle, you probably shouldn't be talking about it regardless. Yeah. yeah. Other than the facts of, yeah, we're not together mm-hmm. anymore. The yep. whys, the hows. Yeah. And that's easier said than done because the friends are like, well, what happened? <laughs> you know, I'm really telling you that that's the thing like people um get stuck in the oh what happened cycle mm-hmm. <laughs> and you want to explain you want to explain your side of the story especially if the other person has explained their side and they've misrepresented you that mm-hmm. is when all the rules feel like they go out the door and you're like oh no that's not even how I remembered it happening but do you think that that could just contribute to you still being in the headspace of them longer than necessary. And I know I, what I'm saying may be much easier said than done, but even in, engaging mm-hmm. in the conversations keeps you in that space. Realistically, how could you move on if, if you're, you're still, still trying to defend your character and this or that? And I I'm not saying, say, I don't know. <laughs> I will say, the one area where I think it's helpful is when or if the other person has been misrepresenting you and say you guys like end things and you were like hoping for a friendship or something like that. 
I think finding out that they misrepresented you gives mm. you a reason to not like them and that could fuel you getting over it. That's the only positive oh, I can ever see yeah. coming out of that situation. Yeah, if you just have to find a legitimate quote unquote reason. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you had mentioned this uh, about like the final conversation. So I would like to know your views on closure. I don't think we've ever had a conversation about if closure is necessary, um, if it needs to be sought out, or should everybody try to get it? So yeah, what mm -hmm. are your thoughts on closure? Uh, I don't, I'm like, what does closure even mean? You know, cause it's like, okay, is it to us in a space where it's like, okay, well, I we're on the same page about why things ended, how things ended, mm -hmm. what the plan is moving forward. You've gotten a chance to ask all your questions. Because I think closure and moving forward is kind of hand in hand. Okay. Um, and so I can't say that it's necessary because sometimes I don't think you'll have the opportunity mm. because it, it's very much based off of, I think if the other person wants to have certain conversations, like you might sit down with someone and in your head, you're going to have this conversation, ask all the questions, but if they're not willing to be honest, take accountability. Yeah. So it's heavily dependent upon, I guess, their answers and how engaged they are mm -hmm. in the conversation. Um, and so I don't necessarily think that you have to have it, but I think if the other person is genuine, if they want it, you want closure, you're both willing to be open and honest. I do think that it can help you in terms of putting one foot in front of the other because okay. you kind of have a clear under understanding. Like there's no what ifs, there's no lingering anything. It's like everything has been put on the table. Yeah. So I do think it could help. It, I, not that it guarantees anything, but I will say that in times where I've ended something and I still felt like, there was something more to be said, or I had questions about something. I've spent time thinking about those things in the moving forward process. Hmm. Like the why, the how, you don't get a chance to ask the person or have those conversations. So there is some time spent there before you're like, okay, well, it's not going to happen. I don't know, but I just still have to move on with life. Yeah. I don't, I think closure rarely exists. Like, I, I don't mm. I don't know that I think it's a real thing <laughs> for most mm. situations. Now there are some maybe you know maybe there are some situations where it works out well, but mm -hmm. I don't think that's ninety five percent of relationships ending. Mm. Um, I think closure conversations, especially if they're happening within a few days, weeks, or months of the breakup I think it's just a waste of time because it mm. those types of conversations just bring up more things over time that you have to consider it's yet mm. another conversation that you have to sit down and dissect like well what did this person mean about this like I don't think it closes the deal I don't think it ends all conversations most of the time I think you leave with more questions than answers mm. and it has a way of like pulling you into asking more or wanting to reach out more and then prolonging 
the time that you're supposed to be using to get over this mm-hmm. like situation, right? So yeah, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the whole, oh, you know, you need closure type of thing. I think mm-hmm. you just have to take things at face value, you know, accept it for what it is or what mm-hmm. it seems like and keep it pushing. So Net, um, Netflix has Insecure now. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking Issa and Lawrence, their closure conversation didn't even happen until what was it maybe a year later or so like after Mm -hmm. he had moved on from Best Buy gotten a real job like it didn't it didn't happen until the leasing the lease was up at the Dunes location Mm -hmm. right and so all the things that happened from the breakup to then just like they had several conversations several run-ins she tried to like send her friend to get him back and all of that stuff but that conversation took a while to have and it required a lot of distance between the two of them. So mm-hmm. maybe a year or two, I would say, if you feel like, oh, I just need to have this closure conversation, give yourself a year and a half to two years. And if you still need it at that point, then mm-hmm. maybe you actually do need it. But 9.5 times out of 10, I'm guessing you won't need it at that stage. I, I think for me, closure is nothing more than you seeking answers to questions that you may have. Mm. Not necessarily that you're going to feel better about it. Um, Obviously, you can't keep circling back on things. But I do think that there is a difference between, hey, I'm breaking up with you. Okay. What happened? Like for some people. Yeah you would be like, okay, well, why, what happened? Not that you'd agree with it, but Mm -hmm. you at least would want to know something. You don't think in most relationships, like the signs are there leading up to it? I think even if the signs are there, I think having a conversation, like there's nothing like a person saying specifically, Hmm. like this is why I'm leaving. So I don't know. I've been seeing this thing all on, social media where it's like women talking about why they're ending their marriages Mm -hmm. uh one of the high reasons is um just the lack of domestic support that they have within the home from their partners and you'd be shocked how many women are like for years I told my partner x Mm -hmm. and you would have thought that they would have seen the signs of like hey basically you being here is like having another child and so yeah, the signs are there, but I think there is something too. When a woman reaches that point, she says, "This is specifically why I'm leaving," versus yeah. the signs being there. Because what you may be sending off red flags and signals and everything, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're understanding it. So what I'm gathering, and I think I think of closure differently, like. I think we have different ideas of what closure actually is. So I think for me, when I hear of people talking about, oh, I just need closure, uh, it comes after the reason why the breakup happened being stated. So for example, yeah. So like, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a wife who's leaving her husband Mm -hmm. and I say, oh, I'm doing this for um, lack of domestic support, right? Mm -hmm. And then down the line, he wants to have a conversation of, 
do you feel like, um, what, what could I have done differently? So I know that you feel like you, you, <laughs> you said this to me, but what could I have done differently? At what point do you think you started to consider, okay, I have to divorce if this gets done? Um, is there a way that we could have compromised on this? Like, I think for me, closure conversations come after maybe the reason is mm. understood, but you still have questions surrounding that reason especially questions around how you can fix it or how you could have fixed it mm. yeah that's, in my mind what... once we've talked about the why <laughs> but I kind of agree like that's what else like... is there to oh you should have helped wash the dishes more you should have given your child a bath like do you need me to go I'm not doing that <laughs> Yeah. And this is, this is a marriage example, but obviously we're talking more so like dating stuff. You should have cheated on me. Like, okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But back to insecure, I don't know why it's on my mind, Uh, but you know. So maybe we feel the same in that, um, you know, I think a conversation could be had. I think it is okay to talk about, okay, this is the reason why. Mm-hmm. all of those things um, I don't know if it needs to happen two years out but I think once you know the why I don't think you should keep circling back nor yeah. do I necessarily think it's someone's job to help you process mm-hmm. in self-improvement of being a better partner and all exactly. of that like you're trying to move on with your life so exactly so that's why and I, I'm not trying to say they're pointless but I just think they prolong the process a lot of times unnecessarily because most relationships don't work out even like people who are married today they had probably three four relationships under their belt before they got married right so Mm -hmm. even in their lives most of their relationships didn't work out and so I don't I don't know that closure is yeah get get a therapist you know talk about it with your friends people who love you and in our mm-hmm. and are in your life because of you, not your partner. But I don't know. I don't. I don't love the idea of closure conversation. Yeah. Once they give you the why, it's up to you. I think to pick up the baton and take it from there. But okay, we can say this because maybe we're like in our thirties, right? Do you feel like experiencing heartbreak is different depending on a person's age at all? Oh, a hundred percent. When you're young. Uh, and you're very new to relationships, dating. Yeah, like with many things, you could just feel like, oh my gosh, it's the end of everything, and your response can just be very over the top because you haven't had the experience. Yeah, you don't know what the other side looks like because you haven't gotten there. But with age and time, you've gone through it a few times. Yeah. I do think um, that you have this sense of like, okay, I'll get through this. It is what right. it is. Now, I will say, though, I think some people, even when they're young, depending on what they've experienced in the relationship, uh, that can affect it more than necessarily just age. Like you could be blessed and get to a mature age and you haven't experienced any crazy relationships, domestic violence, you know, so it's not always a fair comparison of um, experiences. Yeah. I agree. I I think most of the time age can determine just because like the longer you've spent here, you've probably had the opportunity maybe to experience more things, but not necessarily. There are people I know younger than me who have more like, you know, relationship experience. Um, 
because they're not ridiculously introverted or whatever the case might be. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of times age, but it is more so an experience thing. I think yeah. especially at a young age, say early 20s, where you know, you start to like plan a life with a person or you start to envision, oh, this is what my life would look like. And then that doesn't pan out. I think it can be crushing. Whereas I think when you're older, maybe you go into relationships understanding that, oh, I can really like this person and get along with them well. And for whatever reason, we could still not work out. Because, yeah. you know, we might not be aligned on this one thing that we can't find a way to compromise on. So I think that's what that's what life and experience will give you. And I think that's a benefit, I think, for women of our generation who are yeah. getting married later. You just have mm -hmm. more experience and it's like, OK, well, even if this marriage does have to end, you know, if you're getting married later, you may have seen other people go through a divorce. Yeah. Not to say that it makes it super easy, but. I think just the experience of alone of having relationships uh, before entering into a long-term relationship. So for example, you know, a young lady getting married at 20 mm -hmm. and then, you know, say she's married until she's 50. That's all she knows. Assuming she hasn't had a relationship in her teenage years uh, versus a woman who maybe got married at 35. Yes. Like you would have had say 10 to 15 years of relationship experience. Um, and a chance to see other peers around you go through different situations, which I think Absolutely. is valuable as well. Not just your own life. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you say breakups have taught you to view your relationships going forward differently? Or do you feel like, hmm, I kind of come out on the other end the same? No, I think breakups in general not just mine but like other people's as well mm -hmm. you know because like you said we're we often have a community of people who are also navigating relationships and things like that so we can learn from their experiences as well and I think it's just taught me people can change and people mm -hmm. people will change and if they change into something that you're not willing to be aligned with anymore mm -hmm. that's okay uh and it's it doesn't say anything negative about you that you didn't change with them because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people assume like oh well it's because I wasn't willing to do xyz and it's like yeah because maybe you've grown in a different direction you know mm -hmm. um so that's one thing that people change and relationships don't always outlast the change uh also with dating relationships just going in understanding that nothing is permanent at this stage like mm -hmm. it just isn't <laughs> right so things can change for you things can change for the other person uh you can see character flaws or what you consider to be character flaws later on in life that might pull you in a different direction. So it's not permanent. I think sometimes uh, women going to go into relationships with a mindset of, okay, this is the one, you know, because we like each other, we get along, it's been working for six months or, mm -hmm. you know, a year. And so we, 
maybe tend to think of things as being more permanent, but it doesn't always have to be like that. And that's not to say that people have to be um, like walking on eggshells or waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm suggesting. Like be in it, be happy and just understand like life is like those things can happen. And it's better to maybe be mindful of that than surprised at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Something it's taught me is that sometimes relationships coming to an end is the best thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's a time of grief, um, sadness, the what ifs, um, because there is, even I think in the most tumultuous relationships, for some people, they feel like, okay, well, at least I have something mm. or it's better than the unknown. Yeah. Uh, but from what I've seen, you know, people close to me, sometimes the breakup is the best option and people can thrive after that. Yeah. And that sometimes relationships can happen to teach you certain things. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to lead to marriage. I know when you're young or at you're at a certain age or space, especially I think being, you know, late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s is like, oh, if this relationship doesn't make it to marriage, then it's a failure. No, mm-hmm. you can learn a lot from that experience, learn a lot about what you like, what you don't like in preparation for yeah. the next relationship or the marriage if that's what you want uh that they don't always have to lead to marriage and I know it's easier said than done just from the pressure that women experience especially if you experience a breakup during the time when everyone's expecting that you're going to be getting married or oh the ring is coming or oh whatever mm-hmm. uh just the pressure to stay in something but yeah. it's okay to have a relationship. It ends, it teach you, teaches you something and then you move on. Yes, I have one last lesson. Mm. Um, to maintain your own life. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just don't, I don't think it's wise to get wrapped up in, and I think this for friendships too, but I don't think it's wise to get wrapped up in any one person in mm-hmm. life. And I especially if you don't have a ring on your finger, I don't think it's wise to be like, oh yeah, um, this is our plan for what life looks like, or we are going to do this because at this point you're still living for you. Like it's, it's you, you are falling taxes as single. <laughs> so yeah. I just keep your own life, keep your friends around you, um, keep your own hobbies, do things on your own, go on your like little dates mm-hmm. with yourself, whatever, but just keep your own life. At the end of the day, this person is like in addition to the life that you've already created for yourself. You're bringing them in to your life. So don't get rid of the life that you're bringing them into. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that that would be my last thing. And it's so important because I think a lot of the relationship content that women consume or that's being put out there Mm -hmm. it's just all this preparation about how to put yourself in the best position to either get a partner keep a partner keep them happy but there isn't a whole lot being said around okay when you have that should a breakup come or just what about you yeah (laughs) when you're in this relationship or in this season you know your wants needs and desires don't just evaporate 
Yeah. Also about that type of content, there is no blueprint. I, I know people who mm -hmm. are the most like friendly uh, <laughs> people who don't have a partner and some people who are the meanest people ever and they have one. So it's like getting a partner and keeping a partner is based on really the two people there. Like mm -hmm. you don't need to know what everybody thinks is appropriate for a relationship. You need to know what that person likes and doesn't like and thinks is appropriate and is okay with or whatever so yeah all right so we're gonna move on but make sure if you're watching this on youtube that you comment down below even if you're listening to this on the podcast find our youtube channel yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> comment your thoughts as well but uh, we're gonna move into our last segment which is girlfriend check-in and today we have a question from a website that i found and it's do you typically follow your heart or your head my head mm, okay yes. If you know me or you're close to me, I'm, I would say more times than not a more logical person mm -hmm. uh, in just the decisions that I make. Um, that's not to say that I'm not emotional, mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> if I were to pick one, it would definitely be me following my head mm -hmm. uh, and not my emotions. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I think I'm 70. Hmm maybe 80 20 and it depends on what it is so when it comes to things like love friendships um I actually follow my head with those a thousand percent yeah um because I I think if you are going to be someone who I'm in relationship with it needs to make sense to me I mm -hmm. think emotions play some role in that because obviously if it makes sense to be your friend because you look good on paper, but being around you, I feel not so great. Obviously the heart has to get what it wants in that case. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would say 80, 20 head heart. Uh, when it comes to ambitions, I, I think my heart a little bit more because mm -hmm. if my heart wants it, then my head can figure out how to make it happen. Mm. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm the opposite. Maybe when it comes to friendships and mm -hmm. family, I think I might lean a bit more with my emotions. Mm. It just depends on the situation, what's going on. Yeah. And I guess the history that's there. I don't mm -hmm. know. Even with friendships, like I, with you, I'd like to think like, oh, I'd be logical, but I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> After this long, it's like, uh, I don't know. But thankfully, we've never been put in a position where we'd have to think about that. Um, so that's why I'm like, uh, if it came up, I don't know if I'd be as confident to be like, well, logically, this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it is always like a little bit of a, uh, a pull between the two, like a tug of war. <laughs> that's what mm -hmm. I was trying to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tug of war because sometimes you know your emotion your emotions are important and I do and when people are like oh this person made an emotional decision well sometimes an emotional decision is what needs to be made because your emotions are communicating things mm -hmm. to you that you need to pay attention to um but yeah yeah that's my thought on that. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Girlfriends and Goals podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Girlfriends and Goals podcast. If you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe and don't forget to rate, review, and share. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>